Lord, we bless your name and worship you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. We say you are faithful, O God. You are worthy to be praised. There is none as holy as the Lord. There is none besides thee. We worship you, O God. Holy is your name, and you are faithful and true. Speak to us, Lord. May none of us live the same. We pray that our worship will be acceptable unto you. The heart of worship that is acceptable unto you. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. I want us to just ask the Lord to prepare us for his word. Lord, prepare us for your word. Prepare me for your word. Prepare us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. May your word bear fruit in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Today, I believe that God has a good word for us. A word that is going to change our lives. There are many good things in the Bible. Amen. Many important truths that Jesus has taught us. Amen. What are some of them? There's faith, there's hope, there's love, there is um, uh, prayer, there is baptisms there are different baptisms the g- resurrection from the dead gifts of the holy spirit uh holy ghost baptism your authority in the believer so many things hallelujah and they are all important but there are also some that are very important too Amen. they are all important so that's why we must have a balanced diet not just on prayer not just on faith if I had a chance, I'll talk about faith most of the time Amen. and prayer. But then to be a halfway or not even a halfway, a single diet, you are eating chicken every day, chicken every day, chicken every day, chicken. Hallelujah. You need a balanced diet. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's look at some very important things. We are going to read two s- sets of scriptures. Let's look at Matthew chapter 20 from verse 20 to 28. And then we will read from Mark or Marcus chapter 10, verse 35 to 45. Mark will be with NLT, but let's look at Matthew. Hallelujah to Jesus. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 28. Then came to him the mother Okay, let's look at from verse 18. Always go to get a context, otherwise you just go off. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. Jesus is speaking. And shall deliver him to the Gentiles to be mock, to mock, and to scourge, and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. So imagine someone saying that, look, I'll be killed. I'll not kill myself, but I know the day I'll die. I know when I'll die and how I'll die. I'm going to be killed because it was predicted before I was born that I'll be killed. And I would rise from the dead the third day. What a a person. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. Uh, is it possible to just relax? Uh, it's dis- distracting. Hallelujah. I don't know that it's that important. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. Let's continue. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink? Let's start again from verse 21. Hallelujah. Okay, verse 20. So think about it. Verse 20. Jesus 
is being asked something by the sons, uh, 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 James and John's mother. Another version, Mark will say that James and John asked him, but it's the same thing because they must have discussed it with each other and uh, uh, Jesus was asked. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. Let's continue. So this is a very high-ranking position. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Ye are, able to, are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said, say unto him, We are able. Hmm. And then it continues. We go into verse 28. So verse 23. And he saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. So Jesus is saying that it has been prepared for certain people already. So there are certain positions that have been prepared for certain people. But of course, someone can take it. Or it can be given to another. Something could be prepared for John X. A. Jackson. And John X. A. Jackson might not or might treat it scornfully, or might not treat it with care. And because of that, might lose out. And that position will be given to another. Think about it. So, and on my left, and it, uh, yes, continue. So, it is for those who it has been prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation, because they were angry, we are all together. We are all brethren together, and now you want to be the two people who are the toppest. Why, 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 why did you do that? I mean, they, they were very angry with them. Indignation against the two brethren. Continue. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know not, so ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they, are, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. So meaning that the princes of the unbelievers, they exercise control. You see how the kings and, and, and queens control people. You are going to die or do this. Or they can ask someone, anyone to do anything they wanted. And there was, I mean, kings could have people's wives at will. A king can say, your wife is coming. I, I heard that Sisiseko, uh, uh, Mobutu, you just if you are hide your wife from him, otherwise you take her. <laughs> hey, hallelujah! So these were how these people behaved, but it shall not be so among you. That's not how we should behave as Christians. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ran his life a ransom for many. Very important. Now we are going to read the same account because we have the synoptic gospels. The same account. Uh, maybe anyone can. Hallelujah. The same account. So let's go to Mark. Chapter 10, verse 35. And then we are going to read to verse 38, but NLT. Very good. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is it, he asked. In your glorious kingdom, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. They said, one at your right and the other at your left. But remember that Matthew says it was the mother. So it means that the three of them came together. But the mother was speaking on their behalf. So as far as the Bible is concerned, it is the two of them who were asking for that. Hallelujah. But Jesus answered, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of sorrow? You see how the NLT explains this, the bitter cup of sorrow. I am about to drink. 
Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? So the cup of sorrow and the baptism of suffering. Oh, yes, they said, we are able. And Jesus said, you will indeed drink. Because you've said it, you will drink it. You will indeed drink from the cup and be baptized with the baptism. Continue, please. But I have no right to say who will sit on the thrones next to mine. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples discovered what James and John had asked, they were indignant. They were very angry. And so Jesus called them together and said, You know that in this world, kings and tyrants and officials lord it over the people beneath them. But among you, it shall be quite different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among um, first must be the slave of all. For even I, the son of man, came here not to be saved, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Hallelujah. The, 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 you see, the, the, uh, humility is a great key for blessing. The key of humility, which is a great blessing. Hallelujah. Now, let's go, uh, look, look at Matthew 5.5. 5, and then we will study what those words mean that we just read. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, this is very important. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Think about it. Blessed are the meek, the humble. Because the meek and the humble shall inherit the earth. It means that the meek and the humble will be great, will be rich, will be blessed. When you inherit the earth, it means you don't just inherit or, or, or the blessings of the earth or God gives you a, 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 a great ministry or a great business or whatever. You will be blessed in the earth. The meek people will inherit a blessing. Let's look at it in NLT and then Amplified. How many are looking for that blessing that, the, that will come upon the meek? God blesses those who are gentle and lowly, for the whole earth will belong to them. Yeah, because he blesses the meek. He blesses the meek. And the earth, meaning that whatever you need on the earth will be given to you. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Bible says, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land which is in the earth. Blessed, happy, uh, what? Blitzel, of course. Joyous, spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and sa salvation, regardless of the, their outward conditions, are the meek, the mild, patient, long suffering, for they shall inherit the earth. Look at Psalm 37, verse 11. I don't know when I'm saying something to somebody here. Hallelujah. Psalm 37, verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So the meek will inherit the earth and will have abundance of peace. Wow. And the meek are the humble. What do you think? Now, let's look at something very important. Now, let's go back to Mark chapter 10, verse 43. We are going to look at 43, 44, and 45 and look at some important words. But among you, it shall be quite different. Whosoever, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And that, now, now, that word leader among you, look at it in King James also. It also has, so that word leader is, uh, what does it say in the King James? And then we'll get back there. Hmm. Whosoever, want, whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. 
Now go back to King James. So now, great among you. So that word leader or great is the word megas in the Greek, which means greatest or large. So anyone who wants to be the greatest or the leader or the largest among us must be the slave or diakonos, which means servant, minister, or waiter. So it's not as if all the time the pastor or the leader should always be saved. Jesus was not always saved. Jesus was saved a lot of times. Mary, a mother's house, he was able to tell the, the, the disciples to line people up, and then he even saved the people. He told the disciples to break the bread. I mean, he shared the bread. He was part of it. And the Bible says Jesus ministered. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. So the one, so far as God's kingdom is concerned, the one who is the greatest must be the servant of all. It doesn't mean that everyone who wants to be great must start serving in a certain capacity. No, it means you must have that attitude of service and you must not make it a right or rule that you must be a king saved. Hallelujah. Because that is what Jesus is saying. Must be the servant. And he was talking about the disciples or the apostles, the pastors. So even if you have colleagues, who is the greatest colleague? Or who is the greatest person here? The most humble here. The most servant-like person here. It means that everyone, if I and people at my level, whatever that means, um, I try to be the servant of them. It is different from someone trying to save me. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Meaning that if uh, everyone and uh, their level or their friends or people they consider their contemporaries or co-equals, are you going to save them? It's easy to save another person who might be your pastor or whatever, but what about church members? What about colleagues? What about people at work? What, I mean, what, how, how do you relate with people around you? The one who is the leader, the greatest. Yes, you might have leaders on earth, but so far as heaven is concerned, there might be people who are even greater leaders than the normal leaders. Hallelujah. Now, let's, now, so now that word servant or slave, so it means that the one who wants to be the chiefest or the, not the chiefest, but the greatest, the leader, the largest, must be the slave, which means minister, waiter. How many are getting what I'm saying? So this clearly shows that God is not expecting people to be lording or controlling or ruling. Because he gives that to the Gentiles. The, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So even at work, how do we treat those under us at work? Do we send them or treat them as if they are below us? Or we treat them with respect and sometimes even help them? You even see some good leaders. Even at work, you see some people actually serving or helping people. Or actually serving food or whatever. I remember when I first came to DFW. Uh, uh, was it Father's Day or one of the times the men had to serve? Hallelujah. And that was a very interesting thing. So I also put my hat on and served. I, I, do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? That's all you remember. Verse 44. Let's look at verse 44. Very important. And who ever wants to be first among you or first must be the slave of all. So now this word first is protos, which means chief, principal, most important, first before. Wow. So the one who wants to be the most important before God must be the slave. And that word slave is a, a, a bond slave or someone who is owned by another in terms of what they do for the person and their allegiance to the person. Think about it. The one who wants to be the most important, the chiefest, the first before God, must be the person who is so helpful and so humble that they help others at will. 
they, they don't consider themselves big. Because when you consider yourself big, you will not want to be serving people. Especially your mates. It's easy to serve your boss. It's easy for your boss to ask you for coffee or tea. It's easy for you to tell your boss that, you know what, yes, I can do it. I can do it. Because that's your boss. But what about your, your mates? Are you easily going to be able to do that? This Jesus, these are Jesus' words. Hallelujah. Then he said, the one who is, I mean, Jesus Christ, he said, I came to save, not to be saved. And that word is, I came, I did not come to be waited upon. I did not come to be saved, but I saved, and I waited on people. What do you think? Yeah. So now, now, this is very, very important. Hallelujah. This is talking about the way God sees things. Now, many of us would have thought that the way God sees things is that the one who is the most important or the one who is the best is the one who is always saved. The one who is the best among the colleagues is the one who is being saved by others. But that's not how the Bible works. God says that if you want to be the greatest, if you want to be the leader, if you want to be the most important, then you must be someone who is so humble that you serve others. Because God himself, he did not come to be saved. I mean, imagine the creator of the universe did not come to be saved, but came to save. Hallelujah. Came to save. He did not come to save. No, he did not come to be saved, but he came to save. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Colossians 3, 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So we must clothe, we must put it on as a cloak, humility. We'll talk more about it. Hallelujah. Now, James chapter 4, verse 6 to 10. He gives us more and more strength to stand against the evil desires. As the scriptures say, God sets himself against the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. So anyone who wants favor from God must be humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. We're going to verse 10. Draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you hypocrites. Let there be tears for the wrong things you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. When you bow down before the Lord and admit your dependence on him, he will lift you up and give you honor. Hallelujah. How many are getting what I'm saying? Very good. So it shows clearly that God resists the proud. Hallelujah. God resists the proud. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 14, verse 11. So in order to, to talk about the greatest thing that will lead to the blessing, we must talk about a thing that is opposite to the greatest thing, which is pride. Hallelujah. For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So think about it. What does it mean to be exalted? Look at NLT. What does it mean to be exalted? It means to be lifted up. God will lift you and I up. God will promote us. God will honor us. For the proud will be humbled, but the humble will be honored. What does it mean for God to honor you and I? Oh, I said the proud will be humbled, will be abased. And Jesus gave the example. When you go somewhere, I always do that. Thank God, I, at least I, I was able to easily follow Jesus on this one. 
It's not always easy to follow Jesus, but you have to. But it's this one. When I go somewhere, I always sit second, third, fourth row until I'm escorted forward. Jesus said, when you go somewhere, don't just go and sit in the, the front seat of honor. Otherwise, they'll move you to a second row, which will be a, a, an abasement. But if you are on the fourth row and you've been moved to the second, you've been moved up. I remember I was with uh, uh, someone in Ghana, and I went to church. And I went to sit somewhere far back. And the bishop was walking and saw me and said, you look familiar. Are you a bishop? I said, no, I'm not. I was just trying to give short, short answers, so I stayed where I am. Then he said, ah. Then he told the people to move me forward. Hallelujah. That's better than being told that someone, people whispering, whispering. Sorry, excuse me. Come, come with us. That's, so Jesus is the one who told us this thing as a good way to live. Because a, a humble person does not mind sitting on the third, fourth row. It doesn't matter. I, I've come. I've come to hear the word. I'm on the third row. What's the big deal? I, I've, I've gone to a, a church. Anytime I go and visit a church, I just go and sit quietly somewhere. No, I'm, I'm not a big man. I don't know why I should come and sit in front. It's, I'll even try to disguise myself quietly so that I won't be called front. If you bring me to the front, I'll come. Do this instead. Sit at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place than this for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. Luke 14, 10. Yeah. So as they are moving me, people are looking. Why is this an important person? Why are they... But if I'd come here, they would have asked me to go back. Is th this is different from when I'm in my father's camp meeting or a meeting. As for that one, I'll, you, you, you have to persuade me to move back. Because that one, I'm at my father's house. It's a different ball game from a visit someone's house. Some people might not like it, but your, your father... It's your father. You can't do anything about that. Luke 14.10. Do this instead. What do you think? Romans chapter 12 verse 3. Glory to God. Amen. For I say through the grace given unto me, to everyone among you, Romans 12, 3, King James, for each of you not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt or allotted to every man the measure of faith. So J Romans 12, 3, for I say through the grace Apostle Paul is speaking through the Holy Ghost, giving unto me, to every man that is among you as Christians. These are Christians. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Use NLT for this one. There are many who think of themselves more highly than they ought to think. It's always good. Anytime people are saying you are good, you are one, you are a star, you are this, what do you do with it? Oh, yes, yes. Or you go to a corner and say, God, who am I? I don't, I don't, I don't like hearing those things. Or, oh, by, by the grace, oh. Oh, you are dead. Oh, by God's grace, oh. You know how it is. As God's messenger, I give each of you this warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves. Measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, before we can talk about the thing that would lift us up, humility, we must talk about the dangers of pride. Because the Bible says, he giveth more grace. God resisteth or opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So you and I must aim to be humble, and when we see any signs of pride in us, we fight it. When people say, oh, you are a humble person, I don't take it, because humility is mainly, the heart is what matters. You can be proud in the heart and humble face. <laughs> and there are many who have proud looks, but are not proud. What, what, what? Yes, who, ha who have, even though there's a proud look. There are many who do humble things, but in their hearts are proud. They are proud. But they act humble. But they have prideful hearts. Usually, at least in the ministry, women are more humble than men. Or oh, you don't believe it. Even women are more humble than men in the ministry, at least what I've seen. Hallelujah. So many women are more humble than I am. Many women don't mind serving, don't mind doing certain things. It's hallelujah. But we guys, we are different. Am I saying something to somebody? But humility is very important. Now, pride is bad. Now, let's look at Proverbs chapter 16. And let's look from verse, uh, in fact, let's start from, yeah, Proverbs 16, 18. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Pride, we'll talk about how, what pride is. Pride is not always seen. So, we need to first look at ourselves, look at our actions and our thoughts. Do we look down on people? When someone is less fortunate, how do we respond to them? When we went to Rwanda, one of the things that some of the people were saying was that, oh, as for you guys, you dance with us, you flow with us, you, 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 are, you are with us as if we are together. But some of the other people, sometimes, oh, not all, but some of the people, when they come, they behave like we are below them, beneath them, and they're just coming to preach and then go. Do you remember what you said? So, how do we see people? I mean, that's very sad. I mean, someone has come to do the work of God, but the people, because they're not fools too, they're poor, but they're not fools, but the people can see that you are doing it, you are giving the word, but as you are giving it, yes, you are even giving food, but you are giving it in a way that is a despisement to them. Whilst God wants us, and I hope that that's how we're doing it, I, I, well, I, I believe so, that as we are doing it, we are seeing it as a privilege to even be giving to you. There's a difference between giving and helping someone and seeing it as a blessing to even be counted worthy by the Lord to give you something. So I can't be looking at you down. I can't be giving it to you and looking at you as if you are nothing. But I'm even thankful to God as I'm giving it. It's different from how you are giving it looking down on the person. Or giving it and as you are giving it oh I have. Yes I have. And I'm giving you of what I have. You don't have. Or someone has something that only God gives. And another person doesn't have it. And the one who has is looking down on the one who has not. But the Bible says, what do we have that we have not received? What do we have that we did not receive? I don't know that you're hearing what I'm talking about. You and I must have a different perspective of life that... We, any time we see ourselves more fortunate than another, it is because God has just shown mercy and we must even be work, looking at the others who are less fortunate in humility. Like the Bible says, 
ye who are spiritual, take heed when you see a brother or sister it overtaking a fault or a sin or a trespass. Those who are spiritual should restore the person in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So you don't look in judgment, but you look saying to yourself, oh, thank God you have helped me, you've delivered me. Thank God I am not in this situation. Oh, I'm helping this person in humility. Not because I'm better than them, but because God has been gracious. I could have been born in those places. I could have also been part of the genocide victims. It was just because of where I was born and who my parents were in all of us. Those in America, you can easily feel that America is the whole world. Or America, we are, imp we are important. We might not be important to God unless we are humble. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Do you want to fall? Just be proud and that will be no. Oh, I want to fall. Someone will say, I, oh, I want to fall. Don't pray about it. Just be proud you fall. Pride will put you down. Because God, that was the first sin in the world, and God hates pride more than anything. That's why you don't hear, there are, there are scriptures that say if you are wicked to, to, to someone who is vulnerable, God will fight you. But God opposes the proud. That, I mean, there are not many verses that you see where God is saying that he will oppose someone. Vashti was proud, and even God was able to bend the rules and get Esther in because of her pride. Somebody was talking to me and said that, oh, but do you know whether she was pregnant? Well, God didn't care whether she was pregnant or not to show herself to the people. It's like uh, 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 Vashti, the king said, I want to show my wife's beauty. Then Vashti said, I'm not going to bother. I'm not, I'm not coming. Oh, she was pregnant. She was not pregnant. God is the one who decides what is fair. And he found a way to move her and put Esther there, bend the, the, the rules. So what does it mean? It means God hates pride. Pharaoh, Herod, Herod was proud. Worms ate him. And we'll, we'll get to there if there's time. Micah. David was displaying before the Lord. Who knows, maybe if there were no young girls dancing with him, maybe she would not have been that angry because of the statement she made. Look at you, glorious king. Look at how you sp played and spotted with the young maidens. So maybe if you were just dancing by yourself, she wouldn't be that, be that angry. But why should she be that angry? He had many wives. So why should she be uh, so upset about the other young ladies he was dancing with? So the Bible says, because he danced before the Lord, and he was pleasing to the Lord. I mean, David danced before the Lord with all his might. And as he was dancing with the maidens, he was not even thinking about them. Even if it was men, even if it was children, he would be dancing the same way. He was not concerned about all those things. That was not his problem. How I many I get what I'm saying? That was not his problem. David's problem had nothing to do with that. David was just dancing. So God was pleased and said, this is my boy David. Wow, David is so pleased. David is so pleasing to me. He's, he's, he's danced, he's worshipped, he's praised. I'm so happy with him. Oh, David, you are so, I mean, I'm so happy with you. That was God and David. Then another person, ever since then I learned that never laugh at or prevent someone from dancing to God, even if it's disgraceful. <laughs> then as David was going home, the Bible says David blessed Israel. He gave bread, he gave food, he, he blessed Israel. He blessed them. Oh, bless them. And he was coming home as they were dancing to bless his house. As he got there, Ah, look at that dirty old man. Ah, look at you. Look at how you spotted before the young girls. David said, ah, you don't understand why I'm dancing. You've missed it, and you'll be, you, you, are, you are going to be in trouble for that. I'm not dancing because I feel like dancing with the girls. I'm dancing because I know where God took me. He took me from a young boy from the sheep coat with just a few sheep, and he made me captain over his people. So I would, I, I would dance before the Lord even more, and I will even take some of the people you are talking about and marry them. Yeah. 
But God was angry with Micaiah because that was a sign of pride. I don't know that you're hearing what I'm talking about. Wow. What does pride mean? Exaltation, a person exalting themselves, becoming pompous, swelling, lofty. Only God should be lofty. Elevate, elevating themselves, grandeur, arrogance, high-spirited, haughty, dignity. That's pride. Proverbs 6, 12 to 19. So my question is, how many of us are proud without knowing we are proud? When you find pride, pray about it immediately because it is an emergency. There are two things that are emergencies that must be called for immediate emergency meeting with God in prayer. What are they? Unforgiveness and pride. When you see that you are not forgiving someone, immediately take it as a, an emergency because your sins will not be forgiven according to Jesus. Take it as an emergency. Number two, take pride as an emergency because you are about to be opposed. And sometimes pride also comes by not listening. When God has said something, his word has said something, we are not listening to it. Maybe we know better. Oh, I know better than you. Oh, I know better than the Bible. The Bible is for, uh, it's a cake. The Bible is more current than tomorrow's news. Glory to God. Astronomy will start to, as, as time goes by, science will, will, will find out something that the Bible has said. In the 40s, 50s, 60s, or whenever, when did, uh, you, you might know, when did they find out that the world was round and not flat? After the Catholic Church uh, 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 exercise uh, a long time ago, the 1900s or the 1800s. Imagine. So science discovered, now when did science discover that the universe is expanding? Not too long ago. No. After the Hubble's telescope, now they have the what? The web? Is it the web telescope? Yeah. So they'll discover, now that they have that telescope, they'll discover many more things that the Bible has said already. The Bible says God stretches the heavens like a curtain. The circle of the earth. Okay. S Proverbs 6.12. A naughty person, a wicked man. Uh, let's use NLT for this. to somebody. Here is a description of worthless and wicked people. Hey, worthless. The Bible is calling certain people worthless. Jesus said, don't call anyone good for nothing. Otherwise, you'll be in danger. If you call good for nothing, you call someone a fool, you can be in danger of the council or hellfire. So I always say you are talking like a fool, but to use the word you are a fool, God forbid. If you are speaking like a fool, does that mean you're a fool? <laughs> I've told my children that a number of times in the past. Have I said it recently? Thank you. Here is a description of worthless and wicked people. They are constant liars. Ooh. So it means that anytime we lie a lot, uh, we are constantly lying. We are worthless before God. That's, I'm talking about constant lying. Not, I don't mean once in a while lying. Constant living a life of lying. Lying. We are, well, I didn't say the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. Signaling their true intentions to their friends by making signs with their eyes and feet and fingers. So you can make signs with your eyes, your fingers, and your feet. You can talk to someone in a certain way. I've, I've made a sign with my eyes, with my, my, my fingers, with my feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've not used my feet before, but there are people who have skilled it. Their perverted hearts plot evil. 
they stir up trouble. In fact, uh, okay, yeah, let's continue. They stir up trouble, uh, they, uh, yes, constantly. Imagine, they're plotting evil, stirring up trouble. So there are people who plot evil, but they will be destroyed suddenly, broken beyond all hope of healing. There are six things the Lord hates. Ish. No. Meaning that there are six things the Lord hates. No. Meaning that uh, he couldn't maybe erase it. No. Seven things he detests. King James says there are six things the Lord hates. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Let's, let, let's look at uh, uh, verse 16 and look at King James and we'll come back. Because that word abomination is serious. These six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Now let's go back to NLT and let's look at what the abomination is. Haughty eyes. So if you want to know the things God hates the most, now remember that the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. God is unchanging. He's immutable. He cannot change. What he liked in the Old Testament is what he likes now. What he hated in the Old Testament is what he hates now. The only difference is that Christ has brought grace. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. Haughty eyes, meaning, meaning pompous eyes. You can look. You, you can look. I, I, I've not, I don't even want to learn how to do it, but you can look at people in a certain way. Your eyes will show that you look down on them. Your eyes will show that you feel you are better than them. What makes a person better than another? What, what can make me better than another person? What can make me better than the homeless man? What can make me better than the person in the deepest village who doesn't have a dollar or a, 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 anything to eat? What can make me better that I should have eyes to look down on them? But there are others who, 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 who have the sense of superiority over people who they feel are inferior. Many people have that. But I try to study myself. I don't just say I don't have it because, oh, I don't have it. I, I don't know how to do that. Because God says we must study ourselves. So check yourself. Reflect and ask, check with proof. See the examples of times you are with people. In the past, I had, I had that against homeless people. There was a time I was, I was with LP's father and LP were in Boston, were going to her father's house. As we were going, I, there, there were a lot of homeless people on the streets. So I see a homeless person, I say, ah, homeless. I'll be looking at them with this day, and it's like, ah, these people, these people. Look at how wretched, look at how dirty, dirty. This was many years ago. Thank God it was not recent. Dirty, dirty. Then as I started looking at them and seeing how disgusting they looked, have mercy on me, Lord. Well, you had mercy on me thousands and uh, many years ago, and you still are. I still need mercy today and always. As he, then, as I started to think that way, then a voice came and said, I died for him. I died for them. I died for them. And each person is more valuable to God than the world, including the worst of homeless. I died for him. I died for him. I died for him. So instead of, oh, then I started to convert the oh to Jesus died for him. Jesus died for him. Jesus died for him. So I clearly realized that I was proud and I had a haughty look against those people. Hallelujah. But now when you see a homeless person and the homeless person comes, you will be saved. I will try to save them myself. I, I, by the grace of God, I'm not. They are very important people. They are very special to God. Ah, there was a time I was in Cleveland. I was very upset. I was very upset. Why? Because we'll feed the homeless people, we'll preach to them, 
in the homeless shelter. And then after that, Sundays, we take them to church. So there was a time I was, you know, every time we preached to them. And I felt that they, they were despising us. They were not appreciating us. So I became offended and I said to myself, and I think I said it to you, this is the last time you're not coming here again. They're not coming here again. We are finished. We'll go somewhere else. They don't appreciate us. Do you, remember, do you remember? This was in Cleveland. How many years? This was 2020, maybe. So it's not as if it was thousands of years ago, just recently. How many years? Two years ago. That's why you have to be watching these things. Then, as I was singing to them, uh, Abigail and uh, Antoinette were singing to them. Were you, no, you, you're there. Then, before I preach, I was saying, if I'm not there, then Antoinette will preach. But as I was there, <laughs> the way she preached, and so many people give their lives to Christ the day I traveled. Then, as I, as, 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 do a singing, and I, I told, I began, I decided that no more, we are not coming here again, they don't appreciate us. Then, as I saw some of them crying as they were singing, Jesus said, Keep coming. I love them. I was like, ah, these are unbelievers. They are smoking. Some of them are, they, they, they have mental. I love them. And keep coming because it is a way I can show my love. I said, we, there's no way. We'll so far as I'm here, we are coming. We went there till we left Cleveland. Every week we'll go. If I have to go myself, we'll go. But thank God I had others to go. Because I heard it. I love them. And I die for them. And this is how I can show my love to them. What? Hearing that, how can you not go again? But then I realized that I expected appreciation. So that I had to pray about because that was not a good sign of humility. <coughs> Others would say, there's nothing wrong with it. But after God explained it to me that continue, then I realized that this is not a good sign of Humility. So it's a, pr a proud, it was a haughty thing. Because I was looking at them and in my mind, you are fin I, I won't come again. You watch, we are coming, this is the last time, that's it. But that's not how God wants us to do things. Hallelujah. So check in your hearts is there pride? Is there pride? What is the estimation? Why did I feel that I wasn't appreciated? Isn't it for God? Should it matter whether I'm appreciated or not? What does it have to do with anything? The fact that I was upset and I felt that they did not appreciate. To me, at least to God, that was not good enough for me, for him. A lying tongue. <coughs> That's what lies there. Imagine. Lies. Children. TV, imagine. If you want to know one thing God hates, lying is one of them. <coughs> Lies. Some people used to lie, 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 lie. And by the grace of God, it's changing. Even about cookies. They will lie about cookies right now. We all lied about cookies, didn't we? When I was an unbeliever, I knew how to lie, keep the lie, keep the lie going, <coughs> and lie to establish the lie, and lie under pressure, and like impromptu, <coughs> I'll find a lie. It's amazing. And I took pride in the fact that I can lie to escape most things. In spite of the moment. But when I became a Christian, I knew that that's one of the things God hates the most. So I must hate it also. And fight lies and try my best at all costs not to lie. I pray others feel the same way. Hands that kill the innocent. These things, they are things that we can talk about another time, but these are very bad. A heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, 
A person who sows discord among brothers. So, one of the things God hates the most is proud, pride. So, God wants you and I to decide that pride is something we are going to fight against. Pride is something we are going to pray against. Pride is something that we are not going to allow to seep into our hearts. And then let's look at one more before then we finish for today. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 to 4, NLT. Dear brothers and sisters, if another Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Verse 2. Share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. And then verse 3. If you think you are too important to help someone in need, you are only fooling yourself. You are really a nobody. <clears throat> Anyone who feels they are too important to help another, God calls them nobody. I didn't know that until I read it. Nobody. I don't know why I still in verse 4. I thought you would be in verse 3. You are not even reading verse 4. Nobody. Aren't you surprised that if you feel you are too important, they are still in verse 4. If you feel you are too important to help someone, you are a nobody. If you think you are too important to help someone in need, I'm too, I have too much money to help someone in need. I'm too important. I've got things to do. I've got contracts to sign. I've, I'm too busy. God says you are nobody. Because it proves that you are not important at all. So in God's eyes, you are the least. And, the, and, and nobody means you are not even the least. You are, you are below the least. You see how God sees pride and humility. The tax collector and the Pharisee. The Pharisee was saying that, I thank God I am this. I thank God I am not like this man. I thank God I am not like this. But the, 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 the tax collector was so humble that he didn't see it fit to look up to heaven. And Jesus said that he went home more justified. The Bible says the spiritual people should restore. Oh, how many people... A woman is pregnant out of wedlock, or someone steals, or someone does something wrong. It's not only fornication. What are the other things that are out there? What are the other things that are? Someone gossips, or you are found in a lie, or fraud, whatever it is. Many people look down, many Christians look down on people who have been caught in a sin. But God wants us to. Consider the people and consider ourselves whilst we are dealing with them. That would be verse 1. Consider ourselves whilst we are dealing with them. I want you to focus. If you are focusing, you would have been in verse 1. Or is it verse 2? Yeah, verse 1. Hallelujah. I, 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 I want to encourage us that from now on, don't look down on a Christian as, ah, this is an evil person. Or look down on anyone or an unbeliever. Th these are devils. These are evil people. No. Rather, these are people Christ died for. And we must find a way to preach to them and for them to be saved. A Christian has fallen short. We must try to pray for them or we must pray for them. A Christian is found lying pathological liar. There are people who are pathological liars. They, they try to speak the truth, but before they realize, they've lied. <laughs> May that not be your story, because the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. And everything evil under the sun is done through lies. You cannot commit evil without a lie. There's always a lie that will come. Always. <clears throat> there are different ways to prevent yourself from lying. Either you will not answer the question, or you will avoid the question. But to say is a lie, to lie 
It's not worth it. Just say, oh, I can't answer this, or laugh. Oh, what's it? Ha, 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 this one. But there are times, too, that you have to also speak the truth. If you are, if you are cornered and you have to answer, you got to answer. Because once you've lied, it's a lie. What do you think? So, ladies and gentlemen, let's be humble. Let's overcome pride. Pride is the thing that God hates the most. But pride can be hidden so deep that if you and I are not careful, we can be very proud, but because we are acting humble, we will be deceived into thinking we are humble. When actually we are very proud and we have a very high estimation of ourselves. So me, I don't just get up and say, if someone asks me, am I proud or humble? I have to think about it. I, 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 oh, yeah, I'm humble. Why? Are you proud? No. According to who? Where do you get that from? <clears throat> Why have you studied it? Have you asked God? Where are you getting the no from? But there are levels of pride. And that's the most. Today I was asking God, what, as I was coming, God, because you might have something, but God said, look, this is what we need to hear. Just on my way. Humility and pride. Humility is the greatest rank in the kingdom. If you and I want to be great, we want to be honored by God, we must be the most humble. Who is the greatest person in this room? The most humble here, not the pastor. The most humble here. Who is the least in this room? The most proud. Or the proudest. The proudest is the least. Is, is the least here. Who is the one who is nobody in this room? Nobody is the one who feels they are too big or too high to help someone in need. That person is not even the least. They are nobody. I'm not aware, I'm just at the time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's speak to the Lord. <clears throat> Ask the Lord to speak to us. Ask the Lord to give more grace. More grace. Pray for more grace. Pray for more grace. Ask the Lord for humility. Lord, if there is any pride in me, any pride in me, Father God, remove it. Remove every single pride in me. I want humility. I don't want to be proud. Tell God that you want to hate pride. Pride might look nice, but Lord, I want to hate it. I hate pride. I don't want to have anything to do with pride. I want humility. I want humility. Lord, show me the proud areas in my life so that I will be humble. Show me any part of my life that, is proud, that has pride. Ask the Lord. Ask him. And when he shows it to you, you... He, uh, 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 he will help you. But ask him sincerely, Lord, show me any pride in me. Any pride, any areas of my life that exhibit pride. Show it. And if I have any lying spirit, any lies, Father God, take it away. Ask the Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, yes, Jesus. We give you the glory, honor, and praise. Yes, Lord. Ask the Lord to give you more grace. For he giveth grace unto the humble. Lord, we want your grace. We want more grace. Pour out your grace upon us. Pour out your love upon us. Pour out more grace. And we know that that is only through humility. Give us meek and humble spirits. We want to have a meek and a humble spirit, Lord. Cast out every pride. Every pride in us. Cast it out, O oh God.
and give us meek, a meek and a humble spirit. Father God, all of us who feel that we are humble, show us the pride because your word also says that only by pride cometh contention. So anytime there's an argument, anytime we've argued with anyone, it shows that we have some pride. So Lord, we all have pride because we've all argued with someone. Show us how to be humble. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. 